We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Kyle Porter. It's a mailbag Thursday. We're going to answer some of your questions, and uh, I'm sure some will involve Bedlam, don't you, Kyle? <laughs> I went back. I, I don't I don't usually do this. I know people probably think that I do, but I went back and listened to our podcast from Monday, and um, varying emotions that we went through. Uh, anger, elation, frustration, uh, excitement about the future. I think probably all emotions that Oklahoma State fans felt either during Bedlam or in the aftermath. Um, so I don't know. I mean, just looking back on it, I'm, I still can't be super discouraged about about what transpired last Saturday. I know it stinks. Gundy's 2-11. and 11. I know all that stuff. But uh, I thought his press conference on Monday was very optimistic. And if you're an Oklahoma State fan, I thought it was very encouraging for the future. Uh, yeah, we didn't really didn't talk about. On, I went back and listened to it too. We went through like the seven stages, didn't we? <laughs> we showed we showed fear, we showed frustration <laughs> and fatigue, which is what OSU football doesn't want to do. We showed all three. Uh, yeah, like I get where Mike was coming with the uh, you know the best game in school history or like the the biggest game, I guess, as far as you know it being a culmination of. You know the job he's done, the job Mike Holder's done, the job Boone Pickens has done. I get all that, but it seemed a little deflecty deflection to me as far as what happened in Bedlam. I mean, win the game. Like let's let's talk about why you didn't win the game. And I, while I understand where he's coming from, and I do agree that was that was a culmination of ten years worth of of work. Uh, to call it the the biggest game in school history, I disagreed with. I mean, if you win the game and go to the college football playoff, we can look back on it and say that, but you lost again. You're two and 11 against Oklahoma. And that's why you haven't won the big 12. So you didn't think it was bigger than 2011? No, heck no. Winning, winning that big 12 championship was the biggest game in OSU history. Cause they won the big 12. They're only out. They're only outright conference championship. If I'm not mistaken. I think that's right. I, I, th- I think what he was saying I, I, I don't know. I don't know what he was saying, but I think he, he was sort of insinuating that 2017, even though it was a loss, can be sort of a launching pad into the future for Oklahoma State to where no longer are you a top 14 team or a top 17 team or whatever you are. They have the 10 most win, 10th most wins over the last 10 years. That doesn't directly translate to, I think, being the 10th best program, but how do you go from being the 16th best program to being like the eighth best or the ninth best or the seventh best or something like that? And I think that I think what he was saying is is that's the first time that both teams have have really been in contention since 2011. And it's been a great game. 2012, great game, but neither team was really up for the Big 12 title that year. And so I, I just I feel like it was the post 2000 it, it was the post two, it was the best post 2011 game between the two between two great bedlam teams and he feels like that can be a launching pad to kind of rolling with OU for the next 10 years whether i mean it is a little deflecty it is a little bit like don't look at my 2 and 11 record uh, but it might also be true i don't know we'll find out yeah and i think there's a few questions revolving around that answer that you know is, is recruiting going to get better are they going to start recruiting like a top 10 program because they're not yeah uh, they do a great job in recruiting and it's proven they can win but uh no i i get where he's saying this could be a launching point for sure that i agree with 
Um, and I didn't hate what he had to say by any means. I just um, I thought I thought he got really really mushy after one of the more disappointing losses he's ever had. You know, so but we don't have to talk about that the whole time. We got questions to answer. No, I I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, I was talking about, I was talking to I was emailing with somebody about this today. It feels like, from an outsider looking in, that part of Oklahoma State's culture with their coaches is to give um, them a lot of time off, is to not practice as much as other schools, maybe not recruit as hard or spend as much time recruiting as other schools, and to get some of the four- and five-star guys, maybe you have to – maybe you have to – uh, I can hear myself in your microphone, by the way. How about now? Uh, no. I was adjusting the volume, so okay. maybe that was that was. Okay. <laughs> you talk um, loud. So, so, yeah, I do. I'm yelling. Uh, so, so to to get some of these four and five star guys, maybe you have to disrupt that culture to spend more time recruiting, to spend more time on their own. Maybe not. I don't know the ins and outs of what they do, but does getting those five-star – can you get those five-star guys, four- and five-star guys, and still stay within the culture that you have built? Do, do you understand what I'm presenting there? Just look at Tyron Johnson, five-star recruit. But he wasn't out didn't, of high school. No, but immediately didn't buy into the Cowboy culture and got suspended for a game. Forgot like, where that, was. I think I think that illustrates what you're trying to say. I, I understand what you're saying, but if Mike Gundy truly wants to beat Oklahoma, he needs to start recruiting like a top-ten program. That's – that's the biggest problem when he faces Oklahoma. Top to bottom, man for man, they're not as talented from year to year as Oklahoma. Now, are they ever going to be able to recruit like Oklahoma? I don't know, but it feels like since they've been the second best program in the league, they should be recruiting better than they have. Since they've been a top 10 program and wins, it seems like they should recruit better than they have. So I think, you know, Gundy was asked by two prominent boosters what he needs. Um, he needs more Marcus Arroyos. That's what he needs. Guys, to get some dudes, but uh, and again, Mike's won with his philosophy just fine. I, I just think, and he's done great. He's won about ten games a year. But if you truly want to be a top ten program, which is what I think what he what he was getting at, yeah, that's where you start. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anybody that 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 doubts what he's done or is uh, uh, opposed to it or whatever. But how do you how do you improve that five that extra five percent or ten percent that you need to? To be better than OU. I mean, that somebody wrote this. I did a, kind of a State of the Union post where people just pulled people's comments. How are people feeling? And there was an OU fan that actually said, like, um, you know, Oklahoma State has, has changed a lot. And they're really close to being this, this top 10 program, you know? And um, I, I just, I don't know what the equation is for Oklahoma state to go the final five or 10% to, to start consistently winning, not just playing for, but winning big 12 titles. I don't, I don't know if they can ever get there. I don't know if they will ever get there and I don't know how you get there. And I think that's his biggest challenge over the kind of the tail end of his career is, is at least trying to crack that code. Yeah. Cause we all said when Bob Stoops retired that, you know, a window is is open that you can compete even more so with Oklahoma than you had in the past. And uh, Lincoln Riley's one and zero so far. But um, no, that's that's a huge question moving forward. And 
I'm interested to see, you know, what where they end up in recruiting this year. I mean, another year of probably winning ten games, a lot of nationally televised games. They're on ABC this week. Can they parlay the last couple years um, into into a better recruiting class? It seems like they are, aren't they? Like around the the twenties. That's higher than they've been in the past. They're below Baylor. That's not good. <laughs> no. But again. Mike Gundy does it like James James Washington's a three star, you know. Their best player, Justice Hill, yes. is a three star. Yeah. So I mean but... I I tend to trust I tend to trust Mike Gundy's evaluation. At the same time, stars equal wins for the most part. Yeah. Especially at the highest level. Okay, you wanna get some mailbag questions? Yeah, actually let's do it. before before we do that, we need to toast um we're actually today we're gonna do something a little different. I didn't tell Carson this, so I'll go first. Because he's not prepared, but uh, we're going to toast somebody within the basketball program. Basketball starts on Friday. Um, we already did. We already did bedlam toast, whatever. So we're going to do basketball. It's time for the Coupel Works toast of the week. Coupel Works bring great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coupel Works, and please remember to drink responsibly um do you want to go first carson or do you want me to go you can go ahead since you surprised me yeah i i shouldn't have done that i apologize Uh, i'm gonna toast uh jeffrey carroll his last his last go around i think he's got a chance to be not only a big 12 player of the year but an all-american on some level i don't know probably not first team but maybe second team Something like that, but it's gonna be it's gonna be an uphill climb for him because he does they don't have a lot of pieces around him. So I'm interested to see if he can continue what he did last year, averaging whatever it was, 22 a game, without Jawan Evans. You know, Jawan Evans took a lot of attention away from him, uh, but he's had a great career, and I think it, it's unfortunate for him, kind of the era that it was in, because it has it's been kind of bumpy and. They haven't been great, and then they kind of were, and now they're not. And um, but yeah, I'm gonna toast him for just where he was as a freshman to where he is now is is absurd. It's crazy how far he's come. And uh, I'll toast an I'll, I'll toast an F5 to him because that's the only thing I ever toast. <laughs> Got to expand your horizons, man. I know. Um, I just I, I'm in my box. I'm in my world. Can I pour a few out for the suspended guys? Is that is that Do a it. toast? Yeah. That'd no, be great. I don't. I didn't want to go there. Uh, I'm going to toast Eddie Sutton. We'll talk about the suspensions here after this. Uh, I'm going to toast Eddie Sutton, a DNR, or a, no, let's go, Briefcase Brown. I can see him drinking a Briefcase Brown. Uh, for putting, for getting Mike Boynton to put defense back on the shorts. Yeah. Now, you could argue, are they worthy to, worthy to have that? It's a, it's a tradition <laughs> for me. It's an Oklahoma State tradition. Put It's a defense-first mentality. Put it on the shorts. They did. And that'll be uh, as... Uh, was it Steven Mandeville who does the bullets? He uh, he said that'd be a great stocking stuffer for all the moms out there. So I agree with him. I'll t- I'll toast Eddie Sutton for uh, inspiring Mike Boynton. I love it. It's great. I had those growing up. Um. Okay. You want to jump into the questions, or do you want to talk about the suspensions? Yeah. I mean, what a flying start the Mike Boynton era is off to. I mean, Zach Dawson and uh, Devon Dillard suspended. Uh, I guess they say it's a disciplinary thing, not an NCAA thing, but uh, just yet another. And I think, Kyle, this is why you see OSU pick 10th. There was just such a cloud hanging over the team. And now, obviously, no one saw the suspensions coming, but there's just so much uncertainty with a new coach, with the FBI saga surrounding them, with Jeffrey Carroll's status 
up in the air still with the NCAA. Uh, just, just more bad, more bad news. Yep. Not good. Um, and now you're getting into a situation and, and Boyne alluded to this a little bit, but what are your rotations look like? I mean, is, is Mitch Solomon playing 38 minutes a game? And, you know, there, there, there are, they're already in a situation where they're going to be playing a lot of guards and with Dillard <laughs> cleared, but out, uh, the kid from St. John's out until, uh, next semester. It's just, I don't know. It's going to be pretty interesting. It, it, it could go, uh, it could go pretty badly for Oklahoma state this year. Um, on that note, you want to jump into the questions? Yeah, let's do okay. it. Hit me. Uh, let's see here from, uh, Brent Parkey. Will we be able to afford Cliff as of offensive coordinator? I assume he means Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, of course he does. I said this, I think I said it on our podcast like nine months ago, or I, I wrote it, I don't know, somewhere I said it. And I said, if Cliff gets fired and Yersich moves on, how perfect would it be? It would be a great hire, first and foremost. He did an amazing job at Texas A&M. It's how he got hired at Tech at such a young age. Obviously, being the star quarterback there helped too, but he was a hot shot coordinator at, at A&M, and... You know, can they afford him is the question. I mean, he's going to get a big buyout if he's let go by Texas Tech. He could, I think he would be smart to come to OSU because all you got to do is look at all the offensive coordinators that have gotten a head coaching job leaving Stillwaters. The list is about to get longer with Mike Yersich, you think. Uh, the question for me, can Mike Gundy not be the big man on campus? Can he not be the big daddy? Because <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury is a younger, better-looking version of Mike. Can Mike handle that? I don't know. <laughs> I think when Mike, I think when Mike looks in the mirror, he sees Cliff Kingsbury. Like that's what he, he thinks that's what he looks like with the tailored <laughs> suits. Mike's got his gold chain. He's like, yeah, take that, Cliff. Me and Cliff. <laughs> um, what do you think? Well, I, I think, I think that's hilarious, and I, I love your theory about Gundy still feeling like he's either in college or part of that in that world. I think the bigger problem is that Gundy hates a lack of continuity. And if you, and if you hire, I mean, that's why he went and got Yersich, right? He was sick of everybody getting hired, 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 whatever. If you go hire Kingsbury, which I think would be great, especially with Spencer Sanders coming in. I mean, look at what he did with, with Jonathan football at, at uh, in college station. Maybe he maybe he does the same type of thing, not at the same level, but the same type of thing with Spencer Sanders. Um, I mean, is he going to be a head coach again in two years? Like, like what what does Cliff Kingsbury want to do? You know, does he want to be a head coach again? Does he just want to be an offensive coordinator? I think that's the biggest question for me, and that if I'm Gundy, I would have for him if any of this even transpires. <laughs> we're like nine games into this year, and we're talking about the offensive coordinator for next year, even though neither of the positions are are open right now. And they average like 600 yards a game, you know, and we're talking about the offense. Um, yeah. No, I mean, that's that's huge, and uh, seems like Mike Gundy would just go hire whoever he wants, regardless of if we've heard of him or not. I, I don't know. He did have he did have Graham Harrell on the staff a few years ago as a grad assistant, so there is a, a natural connection to some of those Texas Tech. Dana Holgerson, another Texas Tech former assistant. There is a natural connection there with him and him and Cliff as far as the coaching trees are concerned. Yeah. Uh, this is from GoPokes82. Would you say the last five years have been an utter disaster slash disappointment? 
it's not an utter disaster, but would you say the last five years post the 2011, uh, I guess that's six years since 2011 Big 12 title, have they been a disappointment for Mike Gundy? That's a tough question. It is. I think it's a. I think it's a good question. I think you could argue it's been a disappointment because you've been in position to win the Big Twelve. What four of the last six years? Like for sure. And then you can even include this year if you count the Bedlam game this year. Uh, you have like to call it a success would mean you would have won at least one of those. You know, I mean, I guess they did in 2014 when it. Both teams were on the downside, but uh, I think coming off 2011, you, I think you and I probably would have expected them to have maybe won another Big 12 title since that span. So I, I, I would call it like the ever most slight disappointments, just because you haven't reached that mountaintop in the Big 12 again. Now, my Gunny's winning 10 games practically every year. That does not ha- like people just take that for granted. They act like that's easy. Uh, nobody else is doing that hardly amongst you know the other Power Five schools that aren't blue bloods. So I think Mike's doing a great job, but I think you could call it a, a slight disappointment because they weren't able to to get over that hump. Well, it's hard for me because you've played for you've played in the de facto Big Twelve Big Twelve title game three times in the last six years. You played for it in thirteen. You played for it in fifteen. You played for it in sixteen. Which somebody earlier said. Will Gundy ever play in a Big 12 title game? He's played in four. They've played in four of them. You know, last game of the season <laughs> to win the Big 12 yeah. title. Um, they've played in as many as OU over the last, uh, since 2011, or since 2010 wow. even. Um, but OU has, has won those. You know, they split one in 12, and then they won it outright in 15 and 16 against Oklahoma State. So, I, I just I, – it's hard for me to say it's disappointing when you're playing for Big 12 titles, you know, like getting to that game to, 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 to win it. I mean, it's disappointing that they haven't won. So I guess I'm with you in that it's been like just a sliver of a disappointment. But how ma- – I mean, how badly would Tennessee want to play for a, an SEC title? How badly would, would you know, USC want I – I don't know how many titles they've played for, but – it, it doesn't happen very often that teams play for half of their conference championships over a six-year period. That's pretty That's pretty awesome. And there's two ways to look at it, too. Like, they've pretty much overachieved in most of those years just to play for them. I mean, the 2015 team was not good. They, they still won 10 games. 2016 had some horrible losses in the non-conference. They somehow still won 10 games and went to the Sugar Bowl. Uh, this year... A little bit of disappointment. They were really good, but they've already lost two games. So my question is, you know, is Mike, you know, Mike Gundy's overachieving to get to that point? And is that his fault? He's having to overachieve considering Texas has been down the last five, seven years. And it's really been them in Oklahoma. And I guess Baylor was really good too. And that's why they've lost a few games along the way as well. But you could argue they've overachieved just to get to that point. Now is that, but you could also argue that Mike Gundy should have better teams where they're not overachieving. I don't know. There's, I know. there's many ways. It's, there's many ways to look at it. Yeah, you're totally right. Somebody on on Facebook just said that he doesn't believe stars equal wins, which is, uh, I mean, I don't I don't know what to tell people who believe that. I mean, I just need to have that that article that was written. I think it was by Bill Conley or one of those uh, stat guys that uh, like 
proved it scientifically that stars <laughs> equal wins. Like it was just unequivocal fact. You just go over all the years and all the teams that have won at, at a high level. It's you know OSU would be like probably one of the biggest outliers in the entire country. Uh, I think they, uh, if not the, I think they're the biggest. Yeah, they have to be. Uh, so I I would disagree with that. Uh, another question here. Um, will we see an uptick in recruiting anytime soon? Kind of like what we talked about. It sounds like Gundy will now be given more money to put towards coaches and recruiting. Over the past few years, it has become really poor in the 40s. Um, we kind of we've touched on that uh, earlier in the show, but uh, I. I think you need to. Like, it's amazing. You know, I, I just said Gundy's overachieved over the last three or four years just to get to ten wins. Why? Why do I consider that overachieving? I just don't think they've been as as talented as they probably should be. Yeah, the problem. I guess it's not a problem, but how, how many how many Tyron Johnsons can you afford to have in your in your program based on the kind of culture you have and 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 I guess the bigger question: How does OU do it? How does Ohio State do it? Where you've got, I mean, Gundy, he's so like five star averse or or whatever. He's like, I don't want you know, we want guys who want to work. It's like, well, OU's getting four and five stars, and their culture seems fine. I mean, you could argue the Joe Mixon thing or whatever, but it it doesn't. I guess you could argue a lot of things. So maybe it's not fine. I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting debate and one that we could have. I mean, you could, you could go round and round until for the next. We could talk about this for five hours and not really come to a conclusion. No, you're right, and yeah, it doesn't seem to be a problem for Ohio State or Alabama. <laughs> so, yeah, now they're Ohio State's lost two games too, and and Ohio State lost Oklahoma as well. So, uh, Travis on Facebook asked if Washington is going to play this weekend. I have no idea, but this is pure conjecture me guessing based on Gundy's comments on Monday, which is that he was in a boot and they were going to try to get him out of it on Tuesday or Wednesday. I kind of think he's not going to play. Yeah. I mean, it was weird. I went back and watched, you know, the plays in which his last few plays on the game where he came out, it never looked like he tweaked it. His ankle, that is. Um, there was a play, you know, the one, the play, his last play in the game was the one where Mason threw, overthrew him by like six yards and Washington did that crazy like adjustment midair where he showed off that extra gear that he has when the ball's in the air and he somehow got his hands on it and it was incomplete. I thought it might have been that play. That was his last play of the game, but the, there was a play before that where he was drugged down by one of the OU defensive backs and he kind of laid there for a second. So I guess that's when he did it. But um, yeah, if you're in a boot, like that's... It's going to be hard for him to be full speed, let alone play. But uh, I don't know. I mean, he yeah. he played last year after having a one of the, one of the worst concussions I've ever seen against Texas. He played the very next week, so I don't know. We'll, we'll have to find out on yeah. closer to game time. So I mean, it's a it's kind of a kind of a big deal, you know. I, I feel like we haven't really talked about it much this week, but I don't know. Um, let's see here. Any thoughts on whether Rudolph and his pedestrian record against higher-ranked teams is possibly a larger indicator as to why OSU as a whole can't get to this next level so many of their fans feel like exists? I don't like blaming coaching or overall talent levels when the field general just clearly doesn't play well against higher competition. That's a fair Seems criticism. Like a fair question. It's a fair question and a fair criticism. You just go over the you – know, Mason, I believe, is – 
six and eight against top twenty five teams or seven and seven, somewhere around there. Whereas Mayfield's like eleven and two. Now Mayfield plays for Oklahoma. That makes a difference. Um, Mayfield's defense got the all important stop at the end of the game, whereas OSU's got lit up for sixty two. So I it's a team game and I hate putting everything on the quarterback. I do. But um you know, it's fair to say Mason hadn't played well against you know the better competition. Yeah, and, and somebody, I, that, that is holding them back. Well, and somebody brought this up. He also hasn't had the best offensive line play. I mean, this year it's been pretty good. He's only been sacked, I think, eight times, ten times, something like that. But the two years before that, it was, it was pretty bad. And I think that that contributes to it at least a little bit. Um, Carson, my phone is dying, so we're going to move on. <laughs> what? You, don't have, you don't have a plug-in? Well, I can't because I got my headphones plugged into it. Got to get you some beats like me. Yeah, I know. Um, let's get to – we're going to talk uniforms. Let's get to this week's uniform preview about you, brought to you by Chris's University Spirit. Your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Um, I think I know where you're going with uniforms, but uh, what do you got for this weekend? Oh, uni prediction time. Um I'm going to go white, white, black with the badge helmet. I already went icy white, white, black, and they wore all white. But since they since they wore that helmet at West Virginia, I'll go to the badge. I think you and I are probably predicting the same combination. Yeah. Did they already go black, white, black this year? Against Pitt, they wore the uh, Paisley helmet yeah. with a black face mask. I don't want to pick the same thing as you, but I, they have to wear it, right? They wore we gotta it against... catch up. We, we gotta catch up to Southwell. Let's do this together. <laughs> He's leading, isn't he? How great would it be if they went black, white, orange again? Just exercise all the demons. <laughs> they they exercised the demons to black, white, orange against Oklahoma and Bedlam, and they wore it this year in South Alabama. I would love it. Show them you're not afraid. Let's go, Iowa State. Let's do this. I would love it too. I'm too scared to pick it though. I'll say um, it would okay, be nice. Say, you know, they might they might wear the uh, since it's the last road game and it, they don't know what team they're going to be in the bowl game. They might wear what they wore in the bowl game against Colorado. The Ed Hardy with the orange face mask, white and orange. That's pretty good. I might go. I might go with that. Really? I might switch my pick right now. I'll go with that. Okay. Here's I'll, what I'm I like. That here, they've, they've thrown some curveballs. They've thrown a lot of curveballs this year, so I'm yeah. going to go with that. They have. I think. I think the response to the the love for the brand was so overwhelming in the OU game. I think they're going to go white, white, black, but with the brand helmet, with the Chrome brand. Yeah, black stripe. Same, yeah, the the one we saw in the first game in 2016. White, white, black. With that, be awesome. Give me the brand. Bring it back. <laughs> My dad was so happy to see the brand again. He forgot what it looked like. It was like what? he had seen a you know his long lost child that he never had. People were clamoring for us to bring our dads back on to do the the bedlam breakdown. After we, we I guess we could have done that. Maybe we should have. Um, yeah. Was your dad was your dad okay? Was he just kind of like whatever? Well, he texted me in the first quarter and said it's the worst defense he had seen since 1988 Nebraska when they were down 35 to nothing in the first quarter. Uh, so he it didn't get off to a great start for him, but. Uh, he he was fine. He didn't seem too upset about it. I think he you know he's he's seen he's seen a lot of bedlams, and he, he yeah. I don't think he, I think he was like me in that weren't totally sure oh she was going to score when they got the ball back. 
Yeah. Um, that's kind of how my dad was too. Okay, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and then we will come back and make our picks for the weekend. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, uh, you are not going to Ames, or are you going to Ames? I'm going to Ames. My first time ever. I've never been to Jack oh Trice. It's supposed to be like snowing and wow. raining and sleeting and cold and perfectly Iowa. Uh, the game's yeah. on ABC, so we're doing an hour-long pregame show starting at 10 a.m. People can tune into Channel 5 and watch that. Uh, yeah, I mean, Iowa State... If they win this game, Kyle, they're going to the Big 12 championship game for all intents and purposes. They still have games to win, obviously, but they'll be, you know, they'll still be alive to go. If they win out, they're in the Big 12 title game. So they're going to get a motivated Iowa State. I think you've made a very good point in that it's much different to play the spoiler role than to play for a Big 12 championship, which Iowa State is doing. Uh, but if you're Oklahoma State, you got to take care of business and let the chips fall where they may. You have to go win out from here on out. They know that. They're more talented than Iowa State. I'm interested to see, you know, Iowa State has a really good secondary. They really slowed down Baker Mayfield as well as anybody else in the in the country so far. They're going to have their hands full on Saturday. I think it's going to be a close game. I'm, I'm still going to pick OSU just because they have more talent top to bottom. Justice Hill looks like uh, the best running back, not named Barry or Thurman, that I've seen in a long time. And um, I'm going to pick a close game. I'm going to pick 35-31 Oklahoma State. I think it'll be a little little ugly in the weather. Okay, I'm also going to pick a close game. I was going to pick 35-30, but, but I'm picking Iowa State. You are? Yeah. How come? I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about this game. I, I think it's um, – I think it is so hard when you've put so much into Bedlam and we got to beat OU and, and all these different things. No matter what – I mean, it's a culture game for me. How good is your culture? Can you bounce back from that? I think Oklahoma State is 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 um, built to do it, but it's still it's still so difficult, you know. Like it's just it's so hard to do. With Washington maybe out, with the way the de- I mean, does the defense lose confidence from Bedlam? I I don't know. I don't know the answer to any of these questions, um, but I think Iowa State's pretty good at home, and you know we we saw them not allow TCU to score an offensive touchdown. TCU is not like the, you know, greatest offensive team of all time, but they were top five in the country when they went up there. And uh, I don't know. I just added the rain. The sl- I just don't feel good about the game. You know, you don't think the ball will be rotating properly out of <laughs> Mason's hands. I mean, they, justice might have to run for like 425 for them to win it. Maybe he can. I don't know. J.D. King and have 40 carries again like That's, he did in West Virginia. That'd be fine with me. I'd like to see more than zero. Uh, we had a great comment from Chance Stokes. He asked, "Is Mason going to wear gloves to keep his tiny hands warm?" <laughs> he went. He went one glove against West Virginia. He might go two. Whatever it takes. 
I, so. I, do, you, do you think I'll get killed for picking Iowa State? I mean, people kill you if you pick against OSU against the Denver Broncos, let alone, you know, <laughs> Iowa State. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it is, uh, it's a big game. I mean, do people, do it, people just want you to pick, do people just want you to pick OSU regardless of what's happening, who's on the teams and who's playing? Yeah, I think so. I, I guess that's what they want. You know, it kind of goes overlooked. Oklahoma State's going to be favored in every game they play this year. All 12. Yeah. Well, they should win out. They absolutely should win out. I mean, they're, yeah, be- they're better than Iowa State. But I think it's a big game for – maybe it doesn't matter for the future of the program. Maybe 9-3 and three is the same as 10-2 and two or whatever. But it just feel, it feels important. It feels like a big deal to go 10-2 and two in the regular season. And you keep your hopes alive to still backdoor the Big 12 title. You know, and so there's certainly there are certainly still things to play for. Maybe I'm talking myself into changing my pick by the time we we make our real picks on on Friday. Don't be scared on the site, but I just I I don't love the spot. I don't love the situation. I didn't. I do think. Go Go ahead. ahead. Well, I I do think people are just assuming that even if TC loses to OU, they're going to just win out. Like. They haven't played well in Lubbock in a few years. The Trayvon Boykin uh, lost down there, came close to losing down there. There's been some wild games down in Lubbock with TCU, even when they've been at their best. So I think if TCU loses to Oklahoma, OSU's got a shot. Now, slim shot, sure, but they still have a shot. But none of that matters unless they beat Iowa State, which I think they should. But it's crazy how much weather affects how we feel about OSU football. It should not... Like Baker Mayfield has zero trouble in the weather, and I know I know it's Baker Mayfield, but like other quarterbacks have no trouble in the weather. Like, sure, it, it hinders you from throwing for five hundred, but it shouldn't hinder your entire offense. It just yeah, but it but it doesn't it doesn't feel like it affects a team like Iowa State. Like it feels like that's what they want, right? Like they want it <laughs> yeah. to be like twenty eight degrees and. They want to be able to bring Joel Lanning in and run him at quarterback and just stupid stuff like that. And it feels like it could throw Oklahoma State into just a tailspin, even though it shouldn't. I I, I totally agree with you. Um, so I don't know. I might I might be talked out of picking against Iowa State, but that's my pick for now. Okay. Was your phone um, about to die? Yeah, it is. Somebody said, "Who's excited about the Camping World Bowl?" <laughs> Where is that? What is that bowl? Uh, I I don't know. I think it's in Florida. Like I thought it was a joke. I saw a Camping World Bowl in like the Slack chat, and I thought someone was just being funny. Well, didn't Florida State play in the Camping World like opening game last year or something? Beats me. Is that, is that, a, is, that the cousin, is that the cousin of the Weed Eater Bowl? Somebody said it's in Orlando. The camp, the Camping World Bowl against Syracuse. How, are you excited about that? Oh, so that's the old. Uh, that's the, I've covered that bowl. It's it's like the sister bowl to the to the. Um, so, no, it's not the Citrus Bowl. Oh, I had a phone call there. I don't know if that messed us up or not. Um, we may have lost Carson. Um, okay, we're gonna wrap it up there. Appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. And uh, apologies for Carson getting cut off. He's frozen on my screen. That's not good. But um, 
we will be back at it next uh, Monday or Tuesday, hopefully with a guest and wrapping up uh, Oklahoma State's game against Iowa State. So we'll talk to you then.